Hello and welcome to Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. This is a show that explores the landscape of the nonprofit organization, big and small, offers some incredibly helpful information and resources, and gives nonprofits a place to share ideas and get advice. I'm your host, Joe Turner. Our show is sponsored by Sukup Strategic Solutions, offering a wide variety of services to help nonprofits maximize their impact. So let's get into solving the problems that might be plaguing your nonprofit. One of the major challenges for any nonprofit is finding volunteers. They do a variety of things for your nonprofit and can help spread your mission, but finding them, retaining them, not so easy. So to provide some help for your next volunteer search is Impact Coach Deborah Haley. Now, Deborah has an amazing career, most recently serving as an executive director for a nonprofit working with at-risk youth. She's worked for and with small businesses, nonprofits, government agencies, and served as board member and chair for national and international nonprofits and professional societies. Now, she holds an MS in management as a Sloan Fellow from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MS in logistics management from the Air Force Institute of Technology, and a BS in aeronautical engineering from Purdue. And we'd like to welcome her to Impactability from her home office in Kentucky. Deborah, thanks for joining us here on Impactability. My pleasure. Now, you know, I attended a nonprofit town hall earlier this year, and one of the big discussions at the event was all about volunteers. Now, I know this is an obvious question, Deborah, but why are volunteers so important to nonprofits? They are an invaluable resource for such a variety of reasons. They come with a wealth of knowledge and experience from their careers, their education. They offer a different perspective than maybe the leadership within a nonprofit has. They can all be applied to operations as well as um, strategic initiatives. They bring energy that is contagious and it helps the staff, it helps the clients. It's immeasurable the impact that they can have in motivating a client to do something different, to gain a, a new set of skills. They are also invaluable from the network they have. So everybody has their circle of influence. They have one, staff, board has another, and you want to tap into that network by having a volunteer that's enthusiastic, that understands the mission and what's going on and the importance of what needs to be communicated. And then lastly, a volunteer is not only someone who can give of their time, but if they understand more in depth and they're passionate about what they're doing and what the nonprofit is doing, they are more likely to be a donor as well. So you roll all of that together and you got to have volunteers. One of the basic questions I'm thinking, Deborah, is why do people like to volunteer? People want to volunteer because they want to be doing something bigger than themselves, a, a larger purpose. And how they get involved in a, a nonprofit is depending on what their passion is, whether it's helping at-risk students, or it's helping student youth that are involved in the juvenile justice system, or it's people going through some type of life crisis. So there's multiple missions that pull at their heartstrings, and they want to see an organization be a success, and they want to be a part of making that happen. 
and they are blessed by seeing someone else succeed, someone overcome a struggle or a hurdle. And they can look at that and say, gee, I was a part of making that happen. Definitely self-fulfilling. It really, it fulfills kind of an inane purpose that they have. Absolutely. Yeah. There's always that saying, a blessed to be a blessing. And from their blessings, they're able to pay it forward. What are some ways that nonprofits can recruit volunteers? That is the million dollar question. <laughs> because there are a million ways to recruit. Every time you encounter someone, that's an opportunity to recruit. And it's a volunteer that's going to serve on a, a fundraising committee, some type of organizational committee. They're going to work in the office. They're going to go out into the community and ask for donations to your silent auction or your live auction. You're just always paying attention to who it is you're talking to. And as you're sharing the mission of the nonprofit, it's like, how are they responding? Where do their ears perk up? And what's their background in terms of what can they bring to the table in, in helping the nonprofit succeed? So I would say that the board, the staff members, the executive director, even other volunteers are always in the recruiting mode. Is it something where people feel compelled because they like your mission, so therefore they kind of want to volunteer? That, and I've also talked with people who got on board because it was fun, and they want to be part of that group of people that comes together that are energetic, enthusiastic, sharing ideas, being creative. So a lot of times it's because the mission touches their heart, but there are also those times when hey, it's just fun and I want to be a part of that. What traits should I be looking for when I'm recruiting volunteers? Anyone that is willing to give some time. And I have seen such a cross-section of volunteers from those that um, struggle in the morning to get their day going. And they, they have told stories about they just had no purpose. And they got involved with the nonprofit and it just gave them energy, it gave them joy, and it, it motivated them to get going with their day and, and to come in and volunteer. And then you have others that are the um, energizer bunny, and they're willing to do anything, they're available, and they just want to get more and more involved. So the traits, I mean, they're just they're across the board because really anyone that's got 5, 10, 30, 60 minutes can be a volunteer. When many volunteers work for free, can you ask them for a commitment? You know, because it's their time. It's not yours. And you're kind of right. you're going to them hat in hand, so to speak, and, and asking them, hey, I'd like you to help us. But you know, can you ask them for commitment? I think absolutely you can. And they have that opportunity then to say, I can't be available for this period of time or that period of time. Here's when I can be. And that's where the executive director and the staff have to be flexible and responsive to the needs of the volunteer because it is their time and they are giving it freely. We had like 2000 envelopes, invitations to be stuffed, stamped and addressed. And it was during COVID and the volunteers weren't comfortable coming into the office. And so we got our thinking caps on and said, okay, how can we do this? We packaged everything up into big boxes. <laughs> they came into the office individually. They picked them up. They went home. And in the evenings while they're watching TV, 
they stuffed them and they brought them back in and we got it all done. Great thinking. I love that. Are there tasks that a nonprofit should not have volunteers doing? I think if it's sensitive information regarding finances, your client base, then that is something that the executive director needs to carefully consider Mm -hmm. and see how to manage that. But otherwise, volunteers are really able to contribute across the administrative, the operational, and the fundraising aspects of the organization. How much time should be spent training volunteers? I mean, does it depend on their task or is there more than just training for the task that they're going to be doing? So a good organization is going to keep everybody up to date, um, sending out regular newsletters about here's what's going on. Here are our major events. Here are the accomplishments of our students, of our organization, the awards that we've won, funding that we've raised. And if you're doing that, then your volunteers are staying up to date on that. They're seeing the success. They're motivated. If you are specifically asking them to work with a client, then yes, you want to do training. If it's a new volunteer, you definitely want to give them the training that's going to give them a comfort factor that says, yes, I'm confident in working with this client and I feel like I can be successful. For some people, it could be half an hour. For others, it might take an hour. It can be stuff that they do online through a Zoom or a video, or it can be in person and it can be on site so that they can observe other volunteers and other staff members interfacing with the clients. And that gives them another level of confidence in in accomplishing what they want. You mentioned earlier, you have some volunteers that will do anything, go anywhere, whatever. But if I'm a nonprofit, especially those, those are the ones that I don't want to burn them out. So is there like a set number of hours that volunteers should work for me? I don't think so. I think that that's going to be defined by the individual volunteer. Some of them only want to do an hour and a half a week. Some of them want to do 10 hours a week. And it might change with time as well. And you have to be respectful of that if there's a family crisis or there's vacation times that are scheduled in there that we have to be as a a nonprofit responsive and respectful of that volunteers, other commitments and available times. Because you might not be the only nonprofit that they volunteer for. Well, that's true. And then, like I said, you've got family commitments, you've got health issues, you've got vacations. So it just depends on the demographic of your your volunteer. And and some are still working. I mean, I'm, I'm talking a lot about those that are retired, but if they're working, then they're even more time constrained with kids at home. So you really have to make sure that you're using the volunteers time wisely, that they don't feel like they're just wasting time because they have a limited amount of time and they want to give their time to make an impact. We are speaking with Deborah Haley and today's topic is all about volunteers, how you can get them, how you can keep them, how you can motivate them. And this is just some great conversation, Deborah. And speaking of volunteering, I know you've done quite a bit of it yourself including more than, is this right, 20 mission trips across the U.S. and internationally? Yes. Wow, that is amazing. Now, Deborah, why do you volunteer? I just have such a passion for helping those in need. 
whether they're in Cuba or Haiti or in Appalachian, United States, or just down the street in our local community. And it, it just gives me such an amazing sense of purpose also to bring other people into that fold of volunteering and having that experience and for them to appreciate the blessings that they have in their life and how they can use their knowledge and experience and hearts to help others that really need it. And that's why you do it too. That is exactly why I do it. That is great. I love hearing that. And you're going to have to share with us some pictures. Okay. (laughs) We're speaking with Deborah Haley. We're talking about volunteers, but we're going to take a short break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about COVID and how it has changed the volunteer landscape. Also, we'll answer the question of how to keep volunteers volunteering. You're listening to Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. I'm Joe Turner, and we'll be right back. Major gifts are the ultimate source of funding for nonprofits. They can help fulfill your mission and achieve your vision. Having a strong major gifts program should be a priority, but where do you begin? The best place to start is with Sukup Strategic Solutions. We create transformational change by working collaboratively with you to raise funds. Our fundraising consultants will assess your organization's fundraising capacity and develop a plan that serves as a blueprint for your fundraising success. Visit our website today at SukupStrategicSolutions.com and schedule a free consultation. That's S-O-U-K-U-P StrategicSolutions.com. When it comes to major gifts, the effort you put in can make all the difference, and Sukup Strategic Solutions can show you how. Welcome back to Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Turner. We're talking to Deborah Haley today all about volunteers. And Deborah's been sharing with us some of her insights from working with volunteers who tutor and mentor at-risk students. But generally, the same principles apply to any nonprofit, regardless of your nonprofit size or your specific mission. So Deborah, we need to keep these volunteers volunteering. How do we do that? They will come back again and again if they feel appreciated, whether it is a thank you note from a client, a thank you note from the staff, a phone call thanking them, even in a newsletter to say how much volunteers are appreciated. And there are opportunities throughout the year during National Volunteer Week to do some extra special things for the volunteer that let them know what a difference they're making. And I know from my own experience, nothing melted the heart of any of us like a testimony from a client that said, because of this volunteer, my life has changed. Can you elaborate on that story? So... The particular student was failing in school and was so far behind and did not have help at home. Her, she was from a single family home and her mom did not read and write. And when she was enrolled in the after school program and she had help from a couple of different tutors, she was able to pass first grade and she stayed with the program through high school and continued to get help from volunteers throughout those years. 
And when she graduated from high school, she thanked those volunteers and she thanked them by name. And they were in the audience too. It just makes you cry even now thinking about it because it just changed her life. It gave her the opportunity for a college scholarship. She was the first person in her family to graduate from high school. And if it hadn't been for those volunteers there with her, she would have been a dropout. She said she would have been pregnant. She would have been on drugs. She would have been in a gang and she never would have been the success that she is and is going to be. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that that just goes to show you that in any nonprofit, you don't know who's going to touch the people you're working for, the people you're serving in the way that this volunteer did. You just never know where that touch is going to come from. So everyone really needs to be on their game. Absolutely. You just, you don't know. And sometimes a a person that walks in the door doesn't realize the life that he or she is going to change. And they don't realize how their lives are going to be changed by the client. Earlier, we were talking about who should be recruiting from the nonprofit. But is there certain times of the year that you should be recruiting? Well, just like you recruit everyone, you recruit every hour and day of the year. You could be sitting at lunch next to someone that you don't know, and you turn to them and start talking and have a conversation about your nonprofit, and they become more and more interested, and you exchange information, and you follow up, and there you are. You just recruited a new member, mm-hmm. a new volunteer. Deborah, let's talk about COVID. Now, many nonprofits lost people on their volunteer staffs because of COVID. They decided to stay home. They wanted to be safe and great idea. So what do nonprofits have to do for their volunteers keeping safety protocols in mind? Well, there's certainly a variety of those. And it just depends on what the mission is and the comfort level of the volunteer in the environment that they're going to be volunteering in. So just like I mentioned earlier about doing the envelope stuffing, so they weren't comfortable coming into the office, but they were certainly comfortable coming in long enough to get their box and going home and and doing the stuffing. I mean, in terms of one-on-one, can it be done with Zoom? And in a lot of cases, yes. In other cases, no. And you'll have to figure out the environment in which the volunteering is going to be taking place with the client and the safety protocols. And some of the clients, even in that case, aren't going to be comfortable. So you have to make accommodations for those that will do it via Zoom and those that will do it in person. The other thing is, if you've got um, committees that are meeting Can they meet in person or are they more comfortable meeting via Zoom? And are they comfortable going out into the community one-on-one doing an ask? Or is that something that they could follow up with an email or a phone call? There's so many variables. And I think to summarize it, with COVID, it's a whole new ballgame. And you have to be even more flexible, you have to be more understanding, and you have to be more responsive. So let's say that I've got a large group of volunteers. How do I manage them all? Because I've got enough on my plate as it is. My best recommendation is that you have a volunteer manager that is on staff, whether it's full or part-time, and that individual is there to 
answer any volunteer questions to keep track of how many times they volunteered. And on the third time, if they don't show up, that person calls and says, is everything okay? Is there anything we can do for you? And get that feedback and respond to that feedback. If there was an issue at the site, then the volunteer coordinator can intervene and work out any of the rough spots. If there's a health issue by that volunteer, then it would be great for the clients to send a thank you card or for the staff to send a thank you card. The larger your volunteer base gets, the more critical that need is for your volunteer manager or coordinator and sending out just emails for your volunteers. So you have a general email for your stakeholders and then you create a very special This is just for volunteer communication, and it gives them all of the details that they need to know for the volunteer sessions that they're going to be involved with over the course of the year. And it's really, really helpful then that they feel very informed and appreciated, and then they don't lose that sense of that one-on-one, but they can be a part of that larger group and still feel like they're being very well taken care of. We're speaking with Deborah Haley. Our conversation today revolves around volunteers, how you attract them, how you retain them. And let's get into the attract part. Can you give our listeners some tips on how to increase their volunteer pool? Yes, absolutely. The best way to increase your volunteer pool is to have another volunteer talk positively about the nonprofit because someone that's doing that volunteer work and can speak from the heart and can share their passion for what they're doing. It's just contagious. You can't say no to that. And if it's a good friend, you want to be a part of it too. And and that's just a, a really, really easy way, successful way to recruit. Other ways are out in the community for word to spread about the nonprofit and the success that they're having and the impact that they're having on the community and being available to talk to people in the community that they can come up to you and ask questions, learn more. They can go and do their research. So you want to make sure that you've got a significant and solid social presence across multiple platforms. People want to be a part of success. And when they learn about the success of the nonprofit, they will self-select. Volunteers support us with their time and their talents, but do they also support us with their treasures? Well, we hope so. And in my coaching, I talk to the client, my clients about really there's three types of volunteers. There's your volunteer that will only give their time. And they feel like that's the most valuable thing that they can give and they want to give. And then you have those that don't have the time, but have the financial resources and they want to do that. And then you have the individuals that will give both. And those that want to give both, not that you don't want to pay attention to all three, but the ones that give both are really vested in the organization And you want to grow that investment that they have in the nonprofit. We as nonprofits are eternally grateful for volunteers and what they do for us and their support of us. How do you thank volunteers? Are there there some really good ways to thank volunteers? 
Yes, there are. And you need to know how it is that the volunteer wants to be thanked. We have some volunteers where we have put them in the spotlight and they were so uncomfortable and so unhappy. And we're like, oh, we made a mistake here. Mm -hmm. And we really learned from that and we backtrack. And now when we do a volunteer spotlight, we ask if they want to be recognized in a public setting, if they just want to be privately acknowledged. And I'll just go back again and again and again. There is nothing better than getting a thank you from the client who has been served by that volunteer. It just speaks volumes. You can do it during the National Volunteer Week. You can do it with special awards that are given out in the community for volunteers. There's just so many organizations that provide you with opportunities to recognize and thank your volunteers. So you need to be looking for those as well as what you do internally. Thank you, volunteers, right? Absolutely. I'm sure many of our listeners have been taking notes and they're kind of ready to jumpstart their volunteer program. Can't thank you enough for all of this great information, Deborah. And I just want to leave you with one little message on volunteers, if I could. Mm-hmm. Don't ever question the value of volunteers. Noah's Ark was built by volunteers. The Titanic was built by professionals. That says it all. Deborah, thank you again so much for being part of Impactability today. Take care. You're welcome, Joe. It's my pleasure. All right, it's time now for Coach's Corner. This is where we take your questions and we ask one of our professional coaches the question and have them answer it for you. And we've got one of the best coaches we can find. It's Cheryl Sukup, who is the president of Sukup Strategic Solutions. Cheryl, thank you for being our coach today. We've got a great question, and this it's a tough one. Right off the bat, I'm going to warn you. So here's the question. When is the right time for us to hire the first executive director. Now, Cheryl, you have five minutes on Coach's Corner. Go. (laughs) Hi, Joe. Thanks so much for the opportunity to answer this question. This is one that comes up quite often as we work with a lot of small nonprofit organizations who are really working boards who then gain enough of the grassroots momentum to finally hire the initial executive director. And so often the question comes up, when should we do it? When should we hire that first executive director? And really the answer is very complex, but I will break it down into five things to consider. The first thing is, do you have the funds available to hire the first executive director? And that really speaks to the the salary and benefits that you will provide to that initial executive director. You want to take a look at the going rate for an executive director for a nonprofit of your size in the area. And you also want to think about whether or not you have enough money to hire that person for a year and a half. So that leads into my second issue to consider. And that is, do you have the funds to sustain the position over time? So you don't want to hire somebody and that not be able to keep them employed beyond the first six months. So it's really important to make sure that you have at least 18 months of their salary available to invest in hiring that first executive director. The, the other question is, are really, are you raising enough 
to sustain the position over time. So if you're using a donation, for instance, maybe from a board member or from a major donor to invest in that initial position, are you also raising enough money annually? If you're not raising enough to continue the position ongoing, then you should reconsider whether or not this is the right time. Redouble your efforts at fundraising and make another attempt a little bit later on. The next question to consider is, do you have a job description for the executive director? Have you thought through as a board what you want the executive director to be responsible for? And so we have some tips on developing an executive director job description that you can find on our Impactability website. In addition, you should consider whether or not you have developed performance goals for your new executive director. Have you thought through how you will measure the success of the new executive director? It's really important before you hire somebody that you really have thought through what means success to you as a board and communicate that very clearly to the candidates for the position. And lastly, the fifth thing to consider is who will coach the new executive director? Is there a particular board member that will coach the executive director or will multiple board members coach the executive director? Or will you find an outside party to coach the executive director? We have impact coaches that can help you. And you can find out more about that on the Impactability website. So that's it. Five things to consider in five minutes for a nonprofit that is considering whether or not to hire the first executive director. Cheryl, great job. Actually, you had some time to spare. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joe. If you've got a question for Coaches Corner, we want to hear from you. Email them to us at impactcoaches at impactability.net. Again, that's impactcoaches at impactability.net. And if you want to reach me, my email address is joe.turner at impactability.net. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter at impactability.live. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app, and that way you'll get new episodes downloaded just as soon as they come out. Also, please give us a review or a rating so that your peers in the nonprofit industry can find us as well. I'm Joe Turner. Thanks for listening, and thank you for all you do to make the world a better place through your nonprofit. Thank you.